What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast, episode 411. Today is Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, CatGPT, Terrence Billingsley, not only IT, the left coast, the east coast, international, U.S.-based, Simply Cyber community members coming in from YouTube and LinkedIn. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize it at work this week or strategically this quarter? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, this is going to set you up for success. Believe me when I tell you, you absolutely will be asked in any cybersecurity job interview, how do you stay current? It's a guaranteed question. What we're doing here every single morning at 8 a.m. is a dynamite answer. You got to pay attention, though. It's not just letting it play in the background while you cook breakfast. You feel me? All right. Super pumped. We've got a great show. It is Worldwide Wednesday. So before we dip into the news, we're going to see if we can tag every continent in the world. But before we get into that, let me give a shout out and a little love to the streams. Sponsors, exclamation point sponsors in chat. If you want to get their links, it does... Uh, it does help if you click on the links in the description below. But let's start off with our good friend Brandon Poole and his team over at Panopsi Security. Panopsi Security is a full-service information security services company full of information security seasoned practitioners. And one of the services that I want to tell you about is their quantified risk assessment. Now, if you don't know what a quantified risk assessment is, that's fine. I'll explain. A quantified risk assessment is a very involved process where they look at your people, process, and technology, your threat landscape, your industry, your business size, historical incidents at your business, and then they crunch it all together, they put it in the machine, and they grind out a report. Now, the report, this is where it's beautiful, will give you statistically sound fact-based probabilities on the likelihood of suffering certain incidences. So what does that mean, Jerry? Basically, it's like having a crystal ball and being able to look at it and saying, hey, in 2024, you've got an 85% chance of having a ransomware incident. That seems pretty crappy. Do you want that? No. Well, here are some suggestions to reduce that risk in a cost-effective, meaningful way. My man, James McQuiggan, coming in hot. Episode 411. It's the directory assistance episode of Simply Cyber. Coffee cup, cheers, and team live. I'm doing an interview on CNN today. Boom, baby. Did we just become best friends, James McQuiggan? Hell yeah. Dude, congratulations. CNN, that's sick. Send a link over. I'd love to see you and your uh, beautiful smile, James. Uh, Dust in the airwaves at CNN. Congratulations and thanks for the super chat. Also want to say, oh, hold on. Let me fix that. Can I move this? Uh... All right, I didn't realize my uh, alert box got kind of janked up. Um, long story short, it I, it was a it was a mess. All right, so guys, hey, before um, before Worldwide Wednesday, in addition to Panopside, let me tell you about Anti Siphon Training. Now, Anti Siphon is the training arm of Black Hills Information Security. 
Black Hills Information Security is a dynamite, awesome, awesome information security services company. They also make a comic book, Bear vs. Bear, which I'm sporting the merch right now, boy. Love myself some Black Hills. Also, if you are uh, follow me or connected with me on LinkedIn, I got my super exclusive holographic uh, pin for completing um, the CTF that was in the Threadhunter. Uh, whoops. Uh, this this pin that it's talking about right here, the CTF that I accidentally stumbled into, got my got my uh, prize for beating that. Super excited. Anyways, guys, here's the thing: anti-siphon training. They provide all sorts of different training, including a pay what you can training. Do you see here where it says pay what you can? Live training, cybersecurity training, pay what you can. Pay what you can is exactly what it sounds like. You pay what you can. So it's affordable for every single person because you literally pay what you can. Now, the next training coming up I want to show you guys is August 24th at 10 a.m. Miter Tech Framework and Tools by Kerry Roberts. Uh, this is a one-day training. I'm going to take this training, okay? Um, I haven't scheduled it yet. I haven't uh, registered, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to take this training. I want to know more. Uh, I know about Miter Tech, but I want to know more about Miter Tech. So just it's just this easy. So go... There's a link in the description below that I think is like a bit.ly link or something like that so I can see how many people clicked on it. If you use that link, go to Anti-Siphon Training. Look at the upcoming training. We had people talking about PCI recently. I know, I think it was Carrie. Uh, they have PCI training right here. Pay what you can. Introduction to PCI. Um, obviously, John Strand teaches these um, getting started with uh, in, in InfoSec. And John Strand is a freaking treasure to our community also keynote speaker at simply cybercom but more about that later today all right guys i want you to sit back and chill because what we're about to do is worldwide wednesday i'm going to start daft punk we're going to put two minutes on the clock i'm going to get mod chat up because they always have to help me with um with worldwide wednesday and if you're new here um actually let me do this each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Uh, get credit for that. Take a screen cap if you need to. It's two and a half a, a, a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up. Now, if you don't know what to say, hashtag team live. If you're live with us right now, hashtag team replay. Replay people get uh, credit for being here as well. If it's if you're um, usually attend, but you're quiet in the background and you don't really pop up in chat, Say hashtag passive observer. Be a friend. Hold on, people. Hold off on the Worldwide Wednesday. I'm not ready yet. And finally, if it's your first time here, hashtag first timer in chat, whether you're um, coming in on LinkedIn or YouTube, if it's your first time here, we love to welcome our first timers and show them what's going on. Uh, dude, Simply Cyber is a very inclusive, very supportive, very uh, welcoming community. So it's very important to me to make sure that if it's your first time here that you are welcomed uh properly so let us know in chat if you're a first timer okay all right now you if it is your first time you picked a heck of a day to join us because right now we're about to go around the world my friend let me get the music queued up when i start the music i'm gonna ask you tell me where you're at and we are gonna go big time here we go i'm gonna put two minutes 30 seconds on the clock go all right, where are we at? Let's do it, people. Where are you at? Where are you at? Who's the first one in? What's up, Dama? First timer in chat. Love it. 
Beaumont, Texas. Carrie bringing the United States online. Nice job. New York's up in here. The Big Apple. My man, big Connecticut. I see you, Connecticut. Looking good, Long Island. Strong Island. Pueblo, Colorado is in the house. Maine. All right. I love it. UK bringing on the Isles. Very nice. Zambia. Where's Zambia? I feel like Zambia's right there. Boom, baby. We brought Africa online. Illinois. India bringing the Asia uh, continent up online. New Zealand. Thank you, Pacific Rim. Love it. St. Helens, UK is in the house. Plano, Texas, Columbus, England. I see you with the Philippines and a first-timer. Thank you so much, Philippines, for bringing on more Pacific Rim. I love it. Spartanburg, South Carolina. Love the uh, the upstate Spartanburg and hope you guys have recovered from that ransomware attack. Ontario, Canada coming online. What's up, Big Maple Leaf? I see you. Hey, Iowa, you corn husker. Turks and Caicos. Uh, I'll try to get Turks and Caicos, but that's really tiny on the map. Um... All right, I'll do uh, I'll do the DR for now, and I'm sorry, Turks Caicos. I'll do DR now, and I uh, and uh, we'll call that. Uh, San Diego coming online. Love the tacos in San Diego. Also love Boston Rob in San Diego. He's gonna watch this on Team Replay. What's up, Schenectady, New York? Hey, Zimbabwe, I see you. Nice mods, keep it coming. Thank you. Australia, East Coast, I see you, Brisbane. I see you, Gold Coast. Billings, Montana. Bill X up in the house. Hey, Poland. I see you, Poland. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, Australia. ATL, I see you. All right, South Korea coming in strong. Boom, baby. We got uh, any any South America representation. We need some love, South America. Sweden. Oh, yeah. What's going on, fjords? DR is in the house. Nice, Leonardo. I love it. What's up, blue crabs? All right, David Hawkins coming in here. Strong from Colorado. Sweden on the West Coast. I see you, Sweden. Waking up to your cyber news. You've got it, LinkedIn unknown. Come on, guys. We got uh, 11 seconds. Can we get South America up on the map? Replay London. Hungary. Oh, all right, guys. We're going to we're gonna count the ballots really quickly. Good job, everybody. That was a lot of fun. I know it's... Oh, Saudi Arabia's in the house. I know it's been a few weeks uh, without Worldwide Wednesday. I did miss it. Columbia, Steve. Oh, you minx, Steve. Bring in the heat. We got it. We got it. Nice. All right, everybody. Uh, Worldwide... I meant to say... I'm sorry. I meant to say this. Uh, Worldwide Wednesday... What it, like we did it. Worldwide Wednesday is also presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use the promo code SimplyCyber30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. I actually pinned a comment that has the link and all the stuff there. So if you're interested, ACI Learning is phenomenal content. I'm actually making a course with that. Well, shh, I'm maybe making a course with them in uh, October uh, because I, I love it so much. But anyways, thanks for sponsoring the Worldwide Wednesday segment. And more important to all of you, thanks for getting the Worldwide Wednesday. Um, people still coming in. I see Ghana's in the house. Isn't Ghana like there? Yeah. And then Nepal, that's in between like China and uh, Kyrgyzstan, isn't it? China, uh, Nepal's hard to get on the map here. Ah. Okay. So I know Nepal's in here. We'll give uh, Nepal some love. Indonesia. Whew. It's a big one. All right, guys. Solid. Germany. Columbia. Oh, Germany. Got to bring. See, the thing is, I, I got to gotta check the receipts. All right, guys. Love it. Love it. Love it. Matthew Webster. Congratulations. Your first time. And we went around the world. 
Thanks, everybody, so much. I do love Worldwide Wednesdays. It's really just my favorite. All right, now, y'all, do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. And let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over all of us in an awesome wave. I'll see you all at the mid-roll. Let's get some news on. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. U.S. government launches IoT security labeling program. The Biden administration has launched its long-awaited U.S. Cyber Trustmark program, which aims to protect Americans from security risks associated with IoT devices. The criteria for the Voluntary Energy Star Influenced Labeling System were established by NIST. So far, the yeah. <laughs> calls for strong and unique default passwords, protections for data at rest and in transit, providing regular security updates, and having built-in incident detection capabilities. The CyberTrust Mark labeling system will take the form of a distinct shield logo, which will appear on products that meet established cybersecurity criteria. The full list of standards are planned for completion by the end of 2023 and for launch in 2024. Okay, so um, I guess in my mind, Better late than never. That's all I can say about this. Better late than never. Um, for years, we've seen that little blue, um, like flying star that looks like the more you know logo that meant energy star. And it was supposed to mean that this thing was an energy efficient um, appliance and you could save money on your bills. Okay. And that was kind of okay. But I got to tell you guys, I don't um, like. I don't know about you, but like when I'm shopping, I'm not like, oh, it doesn't have the energy star. <laughs> no, I, I, I hard pass. Like I, I almost, I just assume that the energy star is there and I just didn't see it. Right. Cause it's usually like a little blue sticker. So I am pumped for this. I have been complaining um, to the Hilltops for years. And, and many of us in the community have been complaining for years that IOT devices are natively insecure. They have default creds. Dude, the Mirai botnet, like that, I mean, it took on a lot of network devices, but like the Mirai botnet was so prolific because IoT devices have sucky security, all right? And it gets really into like market dynamics and, you know, uh, perverse vendor incentives. Like why would they spend an extra $1,000 of, you know, build time and go to market a day later if if that extra day and thousand dollars is the day that they're making the password secure and making it auto patch or whatever it's going to do, right? Just ship it to market, sell it, make cashish, and let the you know consumer worry about it. Maybe maybe put it in the owner's manual. Make sure you change your password, right? So that is the perverse vendor incentive. It's it, it, it they're not incentivized to secure it, okay? because it costs money and time and they're losing market. So by doing this labeling program and having a blue shield on it, now you're going to start to basically shame companies that don't put in the time, energy, and resources to secure the device to some level of standard that NIST is implementing. I love this. I love this, okay? The only thing I hope, like what's going to hinge on this is how strong we as a society um like demand that logo, right? So are you going to, is is a vendor going to feel motivated to spend the money to get that logo because they feel that they're losing, people aren't buying their product if it doesn't have the logo? Is it shame if they don't have it on there? You know what I'm saying? So like, that's the only way it's going to work. Um, but I would imagine 
some of the bigger um, IoT vendors out there, like your um, your like uh, big ones, like Samsung, uh, Linksys, you know, Asus, like like uh, Google, like all, all Ring, Amazon, right? All, all the all the big ones. I think that they will natively take on this um, labeling system because, frankly, their stuff's pretty well set up already. So they probably just get the label for free. So if we can push that, um, it's going to be great. And hopefully we can now educate our end users in one mass email. Hey, what's up, friends? I want to let you know how to protect yourself. Look for this freaking logo on any product you buy. Oh, my gosh. James McQuiggan is talking to... Talking about the IoT labeling system. Um, yeah, James McQuiggan. All right, so first of all, thanks for the super chat, James. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yep. I mean, James, if I was going to say something, if I was going to have a hot, spicy take, um, bro, I would say this is a wonderful, this is a wonderful, wonderful mechanism. This is a capability that is excellent for our society. The challenge is going to be not the adoption from the vendors, but the demand signal from the consumer base to want this, you know, label. So, so basically there needs to be a marketing push to normalize that you want this label. Like we have to trick, not trick them, but we have to, we have to strongly encourage the consumer population to seek out and want this label. It's like back in the day. Do you remember guys back in the day? Um, it like websites weren't always encrypted, right? Like let's encrypt it a lot of work, but like for, for the, like you youngs, like 99% of the internet's encrypted. But back in the day before I had gray hair in my beard, it was like a wild west. Like maybe it was encrypted. Maybe it wasn't who knows. Right. And we were training end users to look for the stupid lock in the URL bar. This labeling system is the same thing. It's going to take education. It's going to take normalization. And it's going to take a little bit of time to get adopted, but once we begin to, you know, want that and and make it splashy on the box cover, you know, now NIST compliant with IoT security, right? Like slap a NIST label on it. Who doesn't love some NIST, right? That's what I would say about that. Also, quick shout out because I was talking to Zach Hill yesterday. Uh, TCM Cyber Mentor, TCM Academy, and TCM uh, Pen Testing Services. They are a sponsor of the IoT Village at DEF CON this year. So definitely check out, if IoT is your jam, go check out uh, IoT Village at DEF CON. I will definitely be there for a few minutes high-fiving. I plan on spending uh, the majority of my time at Red Team Village this year. All right. Renewable technologies could pose a risk to U.S. electric grid. At a congressional hearing on Tuesday, former Assistant Secretary of Defense Paul Stockton warned that inverters that underpin solar and wind energy storage systems present potential hacking risks. Inverters convert direct current or DC electricity generated by solar panels to alternating currents or AC used by the electric grid. Stockton said inverters are a major point of weakness since the equipment is digitally native and because China is a major manufacturer of those devices. While inverters currently only account for roughly 14% of total electricity generation, the threat vector is expected to expand in the coming years. Stockman said securing inverters presents an opportunity to transition to stronger resilience strategy and to defend the grid. Oh my God. Okay. I mean, this is like a tailor-made, like, hey, like somebody call Kiefer Sutherland right now. Like I've got the plot line for the next episode, uh, season of 24 right here. Um, okay. So... <laughs> This thing is riddled with political 
uh, undertones, right? So there's like a big, and, and this isn't a political show, but like this is like U.S. and China and, <laughs> you know, climate change and uh, dependency on uh, legacy uh, energy technologies like coal and, and nuclear and, and looking at renewable technologies like solar and wind, right? It's like this thing is, this is like totally bundled up with like every kind of hot, I mean, what's the only thing missing here is like, um, like Planned Parenthood um, is somehow wrapped into this thing. Okay. So let's just look at this objectively really quickly. What they're saying here is that as we transition, which by the way, we're in desperate need of, as we transition from traditional energy into renewable energy, or at least introduce renewable energy as a piece of the pie on how we deliver energy to the United States. And again, this is US-based. I know we just went around the world, so maybe this has fallen on deaf ears. But what they're saying is the technologies that are required to make that power come from a wind turbine and go into our grid, those technologies are being made by China, and that there is a risk that China would be introducing some type of backdoor or some type of compromisable, exploitable vulnerability that could at some point uh, in one swift, you know, finale of the 24, well, not like mid-season finale of 24, shuts them all down and, you know, the U.S. blacks out basically or browns out. That That's what's going on here. Uh, all I would say is for something as sensitive as inverters and renewable technology, uh, energy is definitely identified as one of the 18, I believe, or 16 critical infrastructure um, sectors. So anything like an inverter, like, dude, we have labs. We can stick them in a lab. We can test it um, and look for, you know, vulnerabilities and stuff like that. You know, so there, there are ways. It's not like we're just going to go down to Best Buy, buy a pallet of inverters and plug them in and see what happens, right? This We're not, we're not end user consumers. We are a nation uh, and we have supply chain uh, standards, right? So there's that. That's what they're talking about here. Um, you know, we'll see. I, this is, this is, I'm not saying it's a bridge too far because I mean, it really is a, it is a reality. This really could happen, but it just seems, um, it just seems so Hollywood, you know, but you know what? I guess sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. So stay tuned for that. U.S. blacklists two spyware firms run by Israeli former general. On Tuesday, the U.S. government added two Europe-based hacking firms, Intellexa and Cytrox, to its blacklist. The two firms are controlled by Tal Dillian, an Israeli former general to the Commerce Department. Both companies are at the center of a political scandal in Greece, where government officials have been accused of using their hacking tools against journalists and political opponents. American companies are largely prohibited from doing business with blacklisted firms in order to prevent their operations from leveraging U.S. tech. Dillian was forced to retire from Israeli forces in 2003 upon suspicions of being involved in funds mismanagement. All right. So I guess all I'll say is it doesn't matter if you're Israeli, Polish, United States, American, Mexican, is um Colombian, Antarctican, if if you're somehow born there. Humans, some humans are inherently good, some humans are inherently bad. Many are kind of in the middle in this gray area. So what they're saying here is um two more firms, and it's really because of the people behind the firms, are added to a US blacklist. A US blacklist is basically companies 
that are you can't do business with. If you do business with them, you also get in trouble. And it's a way to influence national power through um like economic suppression, right? Like like if 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 you're not allowed to sell your product to the United States, which is one of the largest wealthiest companies in the world, I mean uh countries in the world, that hurts your business, right? So that's what this blacklist is for. Now, I, I'm I'm with them on this one. The the software is called Predator. I've never heard of it before, but it's basically like Pegasus from NSO Group, if you remember them. Basically, I don't know if Predator's a, a no-click uh, malware, but basically you could send it to someone, uh, it gets on their phone, they, they don't have to really do anything and they're instantly infected. They're instantly infected and now you can read their emails, look at their pictures, listen to their phone calls, turn on their camera, turn on their microphone, listening device. I mean, it's a full, fully packaged surveillance tool, right? And countries are buying it in order to spy on investigative journalists. We saw it in the um, Spanish region with Pegasus, with the uh, Catalina, not to be confused with the Catalina wine mixer from Step Brothers, okay? But the Catalinan... Um, uh, like government or uh, political party, uh, something like that. They like uh, political adversaries of the ruling power uh, found it on their phones. So there are multiple use cases. When they make this, they say, you know, hey, this is for law enforcement only. We do vet our clients before we sell it to them. But guess what, guys? Great cash, homie. If you listen, if you read Nicole Pelroth's book, this is how they tell me the world ends. If you think about it for a hot second, if you have a piece of software that you can sell for a million dollars and you're like, I'm only going to sell it to law enforcement. And then you sell it to like, I don't know, say six law enforcement firms. And you're like, yeah, $6 million, high fives. We're going and getting tacos and sitting on a beach in Bali. But then, you know, a country comes up to you and says, we'll give you $20 million, but you can't ask us how we're going to use it. Guess what, y'all? Money is a motivating factor. And the reason you go into business is typically to make money. Yes, there's nonprofits and righteous missions, but let's be real. These two European firms out of Hungary and uh, Poland, I think, or uh, Romania, they didn't open these businesses for goodwill. They opened it to get paid, all right? So this technology is out there. Also, as a fun uh, fun side fact, I, I guess that's what's going to happen every ep uh, story today. I'm going to add a little, dig you know, the more you know uh, at the end of each story. Uh, Israel, small country, they pump out some of the best cybersecurity minds in the world, like like consistently, like most, not most, but a lot of really, really great cyber products. If you if you were to dig down, uh, it's Israel underneath. Uh, some some of the Israeli companies they don't want you to know it's Israeli because there's unfortunately there's there jerks out there who like somehow discriminate because of that, which I like. Ugh. But but anyways, uh, Israel small country huge cyber capability. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Security firm Sophos impersonated by new ransomware scheme. On Monday, researchers discovered a ransomware-as-a-service operation called Sophos Encrypt, leveraging the name of the well-known cybersecurity vendor. The ransomware changes the Windows desktop with new wallpaper boldly displaying the Sophos brand. 
The ransomware was initially thought to be part of a red team exercise by Sophos, but the firm's XOPS team tweeted they did not create the encryptor and that they are investigating the matter. Sophos Encrypt's C2 servers have been linked to Cobalt Strike servers used in previous attacks. Recent submissions from infected victims indicate that Sophos Encrypt is active and researchers are analyzing the malware for weaknesses that could help decrypt victim files for free. Oh my god. Alright, so I don't understand who this threat actor group is. Um, so Sophos is a well-known, they've been around for like 30 years, um, anti-malware company. Personally, I think their product is not awesome. That's just my experience. I've used it in the past. I'm not... <laughs> when I open the fridge on a Friday after or Saturday after mowing the lawn, I'm not reaching for a Sophos if you're picking up what I'm putting down, okay? Um, whoever this threat actor is that developed a ransomware strain and named it Sophos, I don't know if they had like a bad experience with Sophos or they're just trying to do it to... to muddy the waters and make it more difficult for the um, victims. But yeah, I mean, this is, there's not much to this story. It, it's a new ransomware variant. It's a ransomware as a surface model. It encrypts your stuff just like every other ransomware does. They charge money just like every other ransomware does. And um, it looks like uh they're using jabber for their communication which i haven't heard of jabber in a, a minute i didn't even know jabber was still up um and it looks like they're trying to work on decrypt a decryptor like sophos is here's the thing by naming it sophos you're basically poking the bear of a you know well-funded edr or yeah edr company so that you know they're going to put their resources on this this is kind of silly um, from, from a objective criminal enterprise perspective, it seems a little silly to, you know, willingly engage a particular company and, and, and incentivize them, um, to want to get involved, right? Cause Sophos may not have gotten involved with this, but when you put, when you drag their name through the mud, um, they're going to obviously get involved. So that's really interesting. Um, Yeah. And I guess the story, the the more you know for this one, if you haven't heard of Jabber or Pigeon, like way back in the day, okay, this is again for for uh, for the olds. And uh, if you feel me, olds, uh, hashtag preach and chat. Back in the day when AOL Instant Messenger was the rage, like if you wanted to ask a girl for a number, you'd ask her for like her AIM, uh, AIM, her her AIM handle, or if you said handle, that <laughs> if you said handle, the date's over. But if if you asked her for her AIM username. Like that's where it was. And then Jabber slash Pigeon, which was the client, was like a, a forked open source chat uh, thing, right? AIM was like baked into AOL, but Jabber uh, was basically like what Telegram and Signal and iMessage is today, WhatsApp. Like like those apps, those, those messaging apps, they didn't exist back in the day. It was like AOL instant messenger only, right? And then like, if you were, if you were hot, if you like, you know, if you were dialing into BBSs, you were getting on Jabber. All right. So that's just the more, you know, for that one. Also fun fact, uh, if you've ever heard of a slash S slash L, you know, Oh, ICQ. Yeah. So ASL, I'm going to type it in chat. Like literally like the OPSEC is so ridiculous. Back in the day, you would literally say that ASL, right? Age, sex, location, 
who are you? Like, give me your ASL. And like, that was considered totally a normal question that you would answer. Oh my God, taking it back to back to Cali. Now, a word from our sponsor, OpenVPN. Stephen Haker, Chief Technology Officer at Carteris Collectivus, relies on Cloud Connect's customer support for his remote team. He said, quote, I have used them about once per month to help with our growing networks, and the service quality is great with quick turnarounds, end quote. Haker appreciates the consistency of the support team and their personalized approach. You can read more by clicking the link in our show notes. All right. I got to tell you, I got a little heavy handed on the um, the coffee this morning, like the, the number of scoops. I, I didn't I wasn't counting. This is like mud like this. This is actually too strong for me, which is saying a lot. Woo! That is something I'm probably not going to sleep for a week. All right, guys, it is the mid roll. I know we have a couple first timers here. This has been a pretty typical episode, but something else we do every single day is the mid roll. Hey, 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 love it, love it, love it. I want to thank you for being here. If you're getting value, if you got, <laughs> if you understood what ASL was, do me a favor, hit the like button. It goes a wicked long way to helping other people find the channel. It's not about, it's not about this episode. It's not about me and metrics and all that. It's literally triggering the YouTube algorithm to tell people looking for cybersecurity. <laughs> you guys are all doing ASL now in chat. That's wicked funny. Oh, that's so funny. Thank you, guys. Um, hit the like button. It'll help other people, other first-timers, have their first-timer experience, right? I want to thank the stream sponsors, longtime sponsors. Guys, for the, next, for the rest of 2023, these are our sponsors, and I'm so proud to be associated with them. Thank you, Panopsi Security. Thank you, anti-siphon training and thank you eric taylor and barricade cyber solutions guys barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping business owners from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hard-working business owners into turmoil but barricade cyber solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents check them out at barricadecyber.com links in the description below you guys are killing me with the ASL stuff. All right, guys. Uh, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Every single day we do this challenge. We hand the baton to someone else. Uh, I believe Priceless Pancake uh, currently has the baton. Jenny, How Jenny Housley, please confirm that. But uh, if Priceless Pancake is in chat, uh, would love to have you uh, hand the baton to somebody else. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. What is it? Whoever has the baton, you go on LinkedIn and you post your cyber story. There have been many, many people who have already done this, like close to a hundred. Give your cyber story, use hashtag simply cyber community challenge in the post. And then everybody else in chat, go connect with that person's post. Go back and connect with the people who have already posted. You can search on the simply cyber community challenge hashtag. And when you do that, um, you'll build, here's the thing, you will build your own professional network on LinkedIn and your LinkedIn feed will start becoming very, very enriched with cyber content, with helpful content. The, like, the, the vibe and the culture of the Simply Cyber community will, 
will uh, infect your LinkedIn feed and you will have a much richer experience, a much more enjoyable professional network. And guys, spoiler alert, networking is so unbelievably valuable. I cannot under, I can't overstate it. It is so, so valuable. So get involved with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge today. You will definitely, um, you should, you would definitely appreciate, uh, it will deliver value to you. Now, if we don't have someone who wants the baton, I do have somebody who is Team Replay that has reached out to me. Oh, Billy DP. Okay, I love it. I got a Team Replay person uh, who wants uh, the baton at some point. So let me know if Billy DP is going to pick up the baton. I want to say thanks again to Priceless Pancake. I'm on. And we've already done the, uh, the activity for today, which is the... Um, which is the um, Worldwide Wednesday, so we're, we're done after that. Uh, Jenny, let me know if Billy accepts it, and if not, uh, I got someone for you. All right, hey, Matthew Aspina, good to see you. All right, let's go back into the news here. Virus Total data leak affects 5,000 users. Virus Total, the Google-owned online service used to detect malicious files and URLs, has experienced a data leak exposing the data of 5,600 of its users. The leaked data includes names and email addresses of employees from U.S. and German intelligence agencies, official bodies of the Netherlands, Taiwan, and Great Britain, as well as BMW and Mercedes-Benz. While passwords remain concealed, the leaked info equips threat actors with prime info to launch spear phishing attacks against affected individuals. Google acknowledged the data leak and indicated it was caused unintentionally by a Google employee. That's it, right there. Freaking Carl. All right, so a couple of things here. One, I had no idea Virus Total was owned by Google. Did we know that? Did, we, did anyone else know that? Um, if you don't know what Virus Total is, it is worth knowing uh, as a practitioner. Everybody should know this. Um, very simple, virustotal.com. You can upload a file. You can put a URL. So say you get some sus URL in a um, email. You could put it there. And uh, the search, you could search for hashes and stuff like that. Okay. Virus Total, I, I posted this online the other day. Virus Total is not incident response. So if you put a URL in here, like, hold on, I'm going to put simplycyber.io, my, my website, right? It's going to come back clean, okay? Now, I assure you, simplycyber.io is not a malicious website. But a couple things to point out. One, across all these engines, you can see how it's unrated for some of these. So you don't know. But it is possible for simplycyber.io or whatever website to have malvertising on the website. So VirusTotal is going to come back clean for that website. But if you go to it, um, you not simplycyber.io, like a different website, right? Um, you could get infected or, you know, your, brow your browser could get infected if you have like a vulnerable version of Chrome running and you got crypto jacked up in there. So VirusTotal is just one tool in the toolbox. It is not uh, your end-all be-all, but it is wicked valuable as a quick little check um, and everybody knows about it, okay? So what they're saying in the story here is that, you know, it's free. Here's the thing. Virus Total is free to use, but if I upload a file here, it, it, it almost becomes like public. So if I'm a donkey, right? Here we go. If I'm a donkey and I upload a, like, you know, like BSEC sends me a, a spreadsheet. He's like, Jerry, here are all the passwords to the routers in our Dallas location. And I'm like, oh my God, uh, BSEC 
BSEC put a typo in this email. It could be it could be malicious. Let me throw this spreadsheet up into VirusTotal to validate it. I've just basically made that public domain, okay? Because I'm not paying for VirusTotal. So you've got to be careful with what you stick in these things. Any.run is another one that I love, uh, but you got to be careful, okay? Unfortunately, for the people who pay and do want some of that anonymity, they um, Google, some Google engineer clicked on the wrong thing or on Friday, they were trying to get out because they had like a hot date to, to hit up or they were going to go catch the new Barbie movie. Yeah, I went with Barbie, not Oppenheimer. They're going to go see that new Barbie movie and they just made a mistake, okay? But mistakes have real impact because now individuals at BMW and other main um, mainstream companies, um, it, it's known that they use VirusTotal and what they were doing. So now you can couple that into some type of uh, social engineering spear phishing attack. The impact is kind of low. I feel like if you're the FBI, you've got to be a, a clown baby if you fall for like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I think I think the story is more about Virus Total having a leak because Virus Total is well known in the community. I don't think I think the impact isn't super high. You can educate your end users. New critical Citrix flaw exploited as zero day. On Tuesday, Citrix issued fixes for a critical severity vulnerability in Netscaler EDC and Netscaler Gateway that has exploits in the wild along with two other bugs. If a vulnerable appliance is configured as a gateway or as an authentication virtual server, an attacker can exploit the flaw to execute code remotely without authentication. There is speculation that the bug is linked to the Citrix ADC Zero Day that was advertised on a hacker forum earlier this month. Oh, oh Jesus. Hold on. I hit the wrong button on Spotify. Sorry about that. Um... Okay. Um, so Citrix, if you're running Citrix, Netscaler, Application Delivery Controller, and Gateway in your environment, they're actively being exploited. So this might even have, so this has a CVS score of 9.8. You can see right here. I'm kind of curious. This might have gotten bumped up to 10. CVE not found. Really, bro? Let's do this. Hold on one second. It, active exploitation typically means it gets bumped to 10, right? Because... Uh, that's the worst, and active exploitation is not good. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Why is it not found in uh, NIST CVE? Um, hmm. Hmm. Stand by. Researching. Researching. Enhance. Enhance. See, the thing is, again, this is Tenable, which is a uh, vulnerability scanner. They're saying 9.8, but I feel like this data is out of date. Like, um, NIST... This is where you would really find it. Maybe they took it down to update. Um, but mark my words, the um, mark my words. This is this is a ten now. Okay, it says nine eight. I think this is an old score, and it got bumped to ten. Active exploitation in the wild typically means that a nine eight becomes a ten. Uh, it's code injection. Netscalers it can be internet facing. Uh, it's not uncommon. Um, the gateway, it's a VPN virtual server, so where people uh, terminate. This is not good. I, I guess I'd almost say I'm not a Citrix expert, but since this controls authentication, authorization, uh, internet-facing, um, and um, it, it, uh, it has a code injection vulnerability, it can result in unauthenticated RCE, which is the worst. Unauthenticated RCE is... It, those... those those words, you don't want to hear about a vulnerability in an appliance you're running that's internet facing. 
uh, I would argue, and um, BSEC, you're, you're a resident network engineer. I would argue if you're running this, if you're running any of these in your environment right now, you should pause the stream and get with your networking team ASAP and get this resolved. This is, you can use Shodan to find these devices. Active exploitation is happening, which means there's a working version of an exploit out there. Uh, they mentioned it's on a hacking form, which means a lot of threat actors are going to have access to it. This is a real issue. You should absolutely um, deal with this. Uh, Decrash, when you say the CVE goes to 11, I, I hope you're making like a spinal tap joke. Because uh, <laughs> uh, if, if it is a spinal tap joke, that's wicked funny. Uh, but yeah. Exactly. So BSEC is saying in mod chat that you need to go John Taffer on this and shut it down. Shut the whole thing down. Shut the job site down. Nobody's going home until this sucker is patched. All right. Google cloud build could lead to supply chain attacks. It's been revealed that researchers discovered a design flaw in the Google cloud build service that could allow attackers to escalate privileges and gain unauthorized access to Google artifact registry code repositories. Dubbed bad build, the flaw could enable threat actors to impersonate the service account for the cloud build managed CICD service to run API calls and inject builds with malicious code. The flaw was reported by researchers through Google's vulnerability rewards program, and Google says it's fixed the issue last month. However, researchers claim the fix limits privilege escalation but doesn't fully resolve the risk of supply chain attacks. Customers should apply least privilege to the default Google Cloud build account and monitor its activity. All right, I love I love the Spinal Tap joke. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, well, I'll let chat say it. Okay, um, so here is a real vulnerability. This one is like this one. You know how like when you bake a cake, you can't pull the sugar out of the cake once you bake it, like the cake transforms right from from the raw ingredients to the final product this is very similar um i don't here's the thing i don't use google cloud much i am experience experimenting with docker containers but here's the deal it appears to me that cybersecurity researchers have uncovered this privilege escalation vulnerability that allows you to create a, a Google Cloud image, right? Uh, or a, 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 like a system, right? So like the Kali build, right? A Docker image. So you go in and instead of like spinning up a raw machine and configuring it and installing applications, there's pre-built ones, okay? This is part of the power of the internet. These pre-built ones, I do it in AWS all the time with um, like Kali boxes or uh, Ubuntu boxes, okay? Somebody has discovered that you can basically fork the image, which is normal behavior, fork the image, but somehow get uh, additional privileges to install malware on the image, right? So now you've got the, the image that everybody thinks and you put malware in it and then you repost it back in place of the existing one. So now Google is effectively um, serving up infected uh, operating systems. That's what That's what I'm getting out of this story. The fact that this has already been made well aware and is published, and Google is a Fortune three company with, you know, serious money. They own Mandiant, right? So they 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 take security seriously. They also take money seriously. Great cash, homie. Um, they're definitely already addressing this, if not already addressed this, and this is more of a post mortem. Um, 
if you do run one of these um, um, modified, if you're running one of these instances, I'm sure they've made you aware um, that you're running a, an infected build and to get that fixed. Uh, I'm just looking here. This is clearly a Linux box. They're just showing uh, some interesting, uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, there's nothing really interesting in there. Um, so anyways, if you're running Google Cloud Create, be aware of this. That's all there is to it. Okay, not much there. Hacker gets infected by their own info stealer. Yes. Yes. Hacker known as La Citrix has built up a reputation of using an info stealer to hack credentials from organizations and selling them on Russian language dark web forums. However, Lissitrix apparently slipped up and accidentally infected his own computer with the malware and then sold off his own data along with a cache of other stolen data to security researchers at Hudson Rock. Hudson Rock's dark web monitoring API detected the stolen data, which featured a single individual appearing to be an employee at nearly 300 different companies. The researchers found that Lissitrix used his personal computer to orchestrate all of the hacking incidents using creds stored in his web browsers. Oh the my team God. at Hudson Rock was quickly able to ascertain the threat actor's identity, address, <laughs> and phone number and have turned that info over to law enforcement. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are you joking me? Oh my God. Do we have that? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Wow. I mean, a part of me feels bad for this dude. Guys, here's the thing. There's a term called hacking naked. Okay. Hacking naked is where you like, you, you run like, like bear, you're not running in a VM. You don't have any security technologies implemented. You're, 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 you're hacking naked. Okay. Um, dude, this guy, this guy, um, you know, there's an entire market ecosystem on the dark web for initial access. They're called initial access brokers, right? So this guy, um, he, I guess he was prolific. He would get creds, right? He'd fish people, get creds, um, and then sell the creds because he's not going to go in and ransomware a business, but he'll get all the access and do it. Apparently he had workflows and automations and I'm not saying he got lazy, but dude, when you're, when you're just harvesting tons of data and you accidentally collect your own data, you know, it's, it's easy to miss it, right? He obviously wasn't doing QC on his data sets. He was obviously not running, uh, basic, uh, <laughs> basic, um, like best practices, cyber hygiene for running malware, uh, but because he was running it on his bare metal machine, uh, and then he and then he sold his own data, dude. When this guy got caught, when the police came to his house, he was. I assume he got arrested, right? Did they say he got arrested? Hold on. It doesn't say arrested in the story, uh, but for the sake of my point, we'll just say it. Uh, it looks like law enforcement has been made aware. All right, so I mean, the law enforcement hasn't gotten to this guy yet, but they know his address, his home, phone number. They know exactly who he is, dude. When 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 La Citrix reads this story, or when the police get to his house, he's gonna be like, "How did you find me? How is this possible?" And uh, unfortunately, homeboy narked himself out. So wow, 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 wow. This is like, uh, this is um. Damn, dude, this is a story. This is a story. Uh, I feel like this is going to become one, not one of those um, wives tales, but like this is one of the ones that like cyber criminals tell around campfire, like ghost stories. Like, oh, 
Remember, like, gather around, children. Let me tell you about La Citrix. And when he <laughs> when he sold his own data, oh man, what a story! And that does it for today's cybersecurity headline. Oh, what a banger of a way to finish the uh, the CISO series podcast today. Very nice. All right, uh, I got a couple minutes. Let me give a shout out here really quickly. Uh, I got to take the puppies to a vet appointment um, for 9.30 a.m., which is in uh, 37 minutes. So I'll give seven minutes, and then I'm going to boogie out of here with my two dogs and do what I do. Guys, really quickly before you go, if you were here for the news only, if you were here for the 411, episode 411, uh, tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, IPSEC, uh, really, really well-known hacker, content creator, educator. Uh, he works over at Hack the Box. He's been there for years. He makes wonderful walkthrough content. Um, if you're new to the industry and you want to be a pen tester, he's an excellent place to go and begin getting educated. Um, he's going to be my guest tomorrow. I'm very excited and very, very grateful that IPSEC uh, was willing to give our Simply Cyber community time uh, on his calendar to come speak to us and share his experiences and knowledge. I want to remind everybody, you can do exclamation point telegram in chat. I have created a Simply Cyber Telegram channel. So if you'd like to stay up to date on cyber news and you're a big time telegram user, uh, go check out the telegram channel, Simply Cyber Official over on telegram. It's got Nahamasek, TCM, NIST, CISA, Black Hills, Eric Capuano, my stuff's in there. Um, it's good times. You know, I use Telegram. That's why I created the channel. It's 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 partly for me uh, as well. Guys, if you were here just for the news, thank you very much. I appreciate all of you. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time for episode 412, 412 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast. Also, shout out and congratulations to James McQuiggan in chat. Uh, for being interviewed on CNN. That's a freaking awesome accomplishment. Talk about achievement unlock. All right. So now we're going to transition. <clears throat> until, I create the, until I create the new YouTube channel, I'm going to be creating a new one in September. But until I create that channel, uh, we're going to do the jaw jacking right here. So uh, uh, let's do this. All right. Now we're, we're in the SC Cafe doing some jaw jacking. Let's rock and roll. All right, <clears throat> going to take some questions from chat. Uh, my good friend and great mod, Jenny Housley, has queued up some questions. So let's see what's up. Sean Bonner, I just started my job in the industry as an InfoSec risk and compliance analyst. Wish me luck. Hell yes, Sean. Wish you luck. You don't need luck, Sean. You got this. You're going to straight crush it like a boss. Love it. Congratulations. Uh, you rebel scum got my second round cyber interview today. This will be my first cybersecurity experience. Dude, are we, are we as a community not crushing it? We are absolutely crushing it. You rebel scum, <clears throat> go crush that second interview. Super pumped for you. Reminder to you and everybody else in chat. I have multiple videos on the channel on Simply Cyber YouTube channel on how to crush interviews. Okay. Please use these resources. Uh, I got a great one that just came out a few weeks ago on how to use ChatGPT to crush your interview. Use them, please. That's why they're there. Paul Dent, my man Paul Dent, found us on a World of Haiku stream. And now Paul Dent's all up in Simply Cyber. I love it, Paul. Thanks for being here. 
Paul says he started his ISC squared cybersecurity course and practice and try hack me. I want this so bad. What more can I do? Uh, Paul, you're you're doing it, dude. Uh, come to the Simply Cyber Threat Briefings. That's valuable. Do these courses. Do try hack me. It sounds like you want to, if you're doing try hack me, maybe you want to be a pen tester. Go check out TCM Academy's, um, TCM Academy's uh, uh, PNPT training path. If you want, Paul, uh, and I don't know if you guys know this, but I got to come up with a better URL for this. But if you want, here's my link tree. Uh, all the, the, the links to all of these things are um, on my link tree, right? So you can go right there. Here, I'm going to put this on the screen. That right there. Find that link in the chat and go there and you'll see it's everything's there. It's like my one-stop shop. Excuse me. Um, all right. Jesse Missigan. Really enjoyed World of Haiku. Can't wait to continue playing. I wish there was more education in this format. I know, Jesse. It's really, really good. Emilio Garcia says, passed the ISC squared Cy certified in cyber CC yesterday. It was free. Took and it took it to stay sharp for technical interviews. Some different questions in Sec Plus, but similar. All right. First of all, congratulations, Emilio, for crushing that. Second of all, thanks for the intel on what it's like. And third, it's free, so that's pretty dope. Go check that out, y'all. Um, Sean says, how do you suggest I prepare for an interview, interview with directors of IT and HR? It's not technical. Um, well, so, Sean, two things. One, on the Simply Cyber channel, there is a um, video. Here, I'm just going to pull it up. I'm going to drop this in chat, but check this out. Um, you guys get to see my YouTube history here, things I look at. Um, let me see. Playlists. ChatGPT. Check this out. Here's what I would do. This video right here. Okay, this video right here. Oh, thanks. Somebody just liked it. Like, literally, as I clicked in, somebody liked it. Um... So Sean and chat, check this video, crush an interview. Okay, this is a, a link to a video I made on how to crush um, your job interview using ChatGPT. Now here's the value. Sean, you can say, hey ChatGPT, you're the director of IT or you're the HR director. I'm interviewing for this job. What are some non-technical interview questions I could expect to be asked? Like that is power right there. And then you'll see the questions, you'll know uh, what the answers are, and then you can be way more confident going in, okay? Yeah, Nick Barker, I do, I do have a video for everything. I love it. Um, Carrie's asking, this song is putting me to bed, man. Carrie says, I, I, I'm into the Google Cyber Cert onto the second class. When I get done, will this help? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Google Cyber... So here's the thing with the Google Cyber Cert. I know a couple people who are doing them. I haven't evaluated the content there. I do know, um, for what it's worth, I do know that that college that I'm working with, and this is like a bit of a... I'm not going to back brief this, but if you've been part of the community for a while, you know what I'm talking about. The college I've been working with, they were using the Google Cybersecurity Certificate curriculum and they're working with me for my Cyber 101 course to replace that curriculum. So again, I can't I can't say one way or the other whether it's good or not because I haven't evaluated it. Google typically makes great content. Google takes cyber seriously, as I mentioned earlier. Um, 
but my content is going to replace that um, for this college. So there's that. I'll tell you what, Carrie, it can't hurt. Believe that. Ken Forte, uh, this may have been asked. I'm nearing the finale in my CS Bachelors, Sec Plus or Sister or other. All right, Ken. Here's what I would say. I would say Sec Plus because Security Plus is like it, like every HR is asking for it. It's almost, it's not a requirement, but basically it's a requirement. Uh, CYSA Plus is more if you want to be a SOC analyst or blue team defender. It doesn't hurt to have it but it, you're gonna see it less um, required. Now, I would ask somebody like Stacy Loki, Jess Bishop, uh, Tom Pike, uh, people who are working in larger MSSPs uh, in chat who who are SecOps, do you see the, your employer asking for the CYSA plus? I'd be curious, because if anybody's gonna be asking for it, an MSSP is the one that would be asking about it. Um, let me see here. Last one. And Jenny, Jenny, no more. Like this is the, I got two more and that's it. And then I got to go take my dogs to the vet. Chad Green says, do you know anyone in the industry who does everything from scratch or is it all third party libraries for everything? Um, no, Chad. I mean, here's the deal. Like, like why, 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 what's a good example? Like in our industry, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot going on. And one thing that we don't have a lot of is time. So if you can leverage other people's work and build on top of it, move faster, be agile, et cetera, you're going to do that. So yeah, a lot of, you know, you know, GitHub code, a lot of stack overflow, copy and paste. Um, they, I mean, there's a joke why software developer, people who are, are true software developers know damn well, like if you pop the hood, there's a lot of duct tape. There's a lot of like toothpicks in there. There's a lot of things kind of like stuck together, even though the front end looks all slick and, and hot. So, uh, yeah, no, most people don't do things from scratch. The only thing I've seen someone do from scratch, and it's so stupid because literally, you are so dumb. You are really it, it, dumb. it's usually the smartest, the smartest person in the room. The only thing I've ever seen someone do from scratch is write their own encryption algorithm, which is dumb because those aren't secure. Um, anyways, final one, final question from Samantha S. Want a sec plus voucher? Now time to schedule. How long should I give myself? Six weeks or longer? All right. So Samantha, depending on your experience and background, um, six weeks is probably pretty good. I would say absolutely schedule it. This is a personal thing, not a, uh, I haven't done any research to validate this, but if you do not set a date, you will always continue to push it off. Right. And maybe I'm, maybe I, if this is resonating with you listening to me. If you don't set a date, you're like, oh, I'm going to take it in, the, in next month, next month, next month, next month, right? If you set a date and say, listen, on September 3rd, I'm taking this. Guess what? September 3rd will come and you will take it. And you'll probably take uh, the, the, the preparation for it a lot more seriously because you're like, oh, crap. I, like that sec I haven't really done anything and it's two weeks away. I better get my button gear. Uh, so anyways, six weeks and a perfect segue, Samantha S. Jesse Johnson, who's in chat right now, has actually set up a security plus study group on the simply cyber discord server so samantha hop on the server uh under chat and chill 2.0 category about halfway down there is a sec plus study group channel jesse's running it jesse if you can connect with samantha s uh to help her get in there but you can use that group to help you study over those next six weeks i wish you the very best on your security plus uh um 
studying. And obviously, when you get it, I want to high five you either virtually or if I see you in Vegas, solid high five. Um, all right, guys, I got to get out of here, get my dogs to the vet. It's just uh, annual uh, shots and, uh, you know, checkups and stuff like that. So nothing, nothing to worry about with the puppers. Um, but I will, if you guys, if you guys do want, uh, come here. Hold on one second. Oh, well, I was going to have the dogs come over and show you them on stream, but they're just laying on the floor and I could be on fire right now and they probably wouldn't move. They're just like laying there. All right. So here we go, guys. Be good. Thank you all so very much. Episode 411 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Uh, no blog posts today. Uh, you guys have been uh, coming correct, so uh, and I, I just don't have the time for it. So thank you, everybody. Be good. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Great job on Worldwide Wednesday. Until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. One.